Welcome to Limitless with Dr. Sarah Coxon, a podcast for women here to reclaim their feminine power, reconnect to their authentic selves, and unapologetically live their divine purpose. I'm Dr. Sarah, and in each episode, I share with you stories and wisdom to help you remember who you are in all of your feminine glory, move past the limitations of patriarchy, and become the limitless woman you're destined to be. This podcast is raw and it's real, created to inspire you to live life on your terms. So get comfy, grab your favorite journal, and let's dive in. Hey sisters, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Um, It is not business as usual. How could it be? It's not business as usual with what has been happening in the world right now. How could I show up and pretend it hasn't happened? The murder of George Floyd should not be happening in this day and age. The murder of black people, people of color, indigenous people should not fucking be happening in this day and age and why it has taken us so long to suddenly be up in arms about this. Well, some of us, it's taken some of us so long. It's really fucking beyond me. But here we are at the intersection of deep systemic change I hope and I'm not the person to um, I'm not the voice to listen to on this which is why I brought Tasha Christie onto the show now originally we were just going to have a conversation and we were going to record it and we were just going to see like you know what would happen we just wanted to talk woman to woman and Tasha and I decided it would be really good to to put it onto the podcast platform so that more people can benefit from what Tasha has to say and from her sharing her experience. Tasha is a black woman living in America, so we talk about that. She's also a thought leader, mentor, so she works in the self-development space and we talk about that as well. Um, and she's also brilliant (laughs) now I purposefully came to this conversation trying my hardest to forget that it was going on to the podcast because I knew that that would shape the way that I showed up in the conversation Um, you're going to hear a lot of awkward silences from me and moments where I don't know what to say or I've invariably said the wrong thing Um, But I purposefully haven't edited that out because I, uh, quite frankly, I just don't believe that's the right course of action. Because these conversations are messy and being women in process does feel uncomfortable, like truly. My, My hope for this conversation as you listen to it is that some of you will hear Tasha's words and Tasha's experience and it will be like medicine to you because it will really mirror your own 
And that's what happens when we share. It's medicine for the collective. And then for some of you, it will be something completely new. It will be like, oh, I didn't didn't realize that or I didn't didn't think about that. Which is a way of expanding your learning and on your understanding. So my intention is that this raw, unedited conversation, um, as messy as it may be and as powerful as it is, it's going to spark change, transformation, more understanding, which is what we're here for. If you want to go deeper with Tasha on this topic, particularly if you're a leader in the online space or that is what you aspire to be and you want to to make sure that you are really, truly helping this movement and working towards diversity, inclusion and equity, then Tasha is holding a paid workshop and you can find all the details about it in the show notes. So you can click on the show notes and sign up. Right, so I'm going to shut up now and um, over to Tasha. Hey love, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, Tasha. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you, more importantly? I'm good. I'm doing good this week. Yeah? Yeah. Better, Fuck. I would say. Than, um, yeah. Well, last week was pretty okay. Huh? No, no, sorry. I just, I just said yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, I've been doing okay, like the last couple of weeks, the first week that everything popped off, I was not okay, um, mm. but I'm doing okay now. Yeah, um, well, I just want to say thank you for having this conversation with me as well, because um, I can't even imagine what what you must have been going through, and just even for you to just offer me a bit of your time just to share. I'm so grateful. Oh, you're welcome. And I, uh, I don't really know how to, um, yeah, I don't really know how to go about this. <laughs> I, I just, I, I guess I just, I just want to, I just want to hear you. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I guess before putting my needs first, I guess it's, I, I want to ask how I can support you. Um, I mean, I, I, I have, I guess, like, giving, offering me your platform to speak mm -hmm. on is, is a big thing. Like, a lot of people have been doing that, I guess, because of how vocal I've been about everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that in and of itself is helpful. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, just, I guess just continuing to, in your own way, be as vocal as you can about the situation instead of like what we normally do, 
you know, as, as a society is we move on, you know, we talk yeah. about for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, if it's something really big. And then we kind of just forget about it and go on about, you know, our normal way of doing things. And, you know, I'm really hoping that this, this time it'll be different, that people, especially in our industry, you know, as transformational mm-hmm. leaders, that we'll actually continue having these conversations, that we'll actually continue taking action, you know, well beyond this current time. You know, after the news media forgets about this, you know, like in a couple of weeks, I, I still hope that we're at least, you know, in our online space and offline spaces um, still talking about it. Yeah, I, I so get that because I can feel that there's, um, I can already feel that there's a fatigue mm-hmm. already. And I, I, yeah, I can, I can, I can understand that concern. Um, I guess what I'm really curious about Tasha is just like this from your perspective, like obviously I have my own perspective, but that means fuck all basically um i just want to know like what how is it like how is it for you how is all of this for you um to be honest it's it's very i would say it's very traumatizing um Mm -hmm. to keep dealing with this yeah um because this is not the first time that this has happened um for some reason i don't know if it's because people were at home because of covid and we just really don't have shit else to do other than really just pay attention to things that we normally would ignore but this has happened so many times before and you know i was telling somebody else in fact like in 2014 i was in new york city at the time and eric garner uh he was bumming some cigarettes on the street corner and he ended up for whatever reason getting arrested and they killed him too like they sat on him until he died basically and he said i can't breathe i can't breathe over and over and over again it was almost the same length of time you know that um george floyd was saying i can't breathe you know and i remember at the time black people for the most part being really pissed off about it um but nobody else nobody else said anything and in fact, at that time, you know, I was talking about it, you know, on my page and on other people's pages. And I remember, you know, being shot down about it. Like, you know, basically it was, you know, Black Lives Matter versus at that time it was Blue Lives Matter, you know, um, and people not really, not really, really getting and understanding why it was important to say Black Lives Matter. Um and so this this time around is it's been a a huge to me shift and i don't know Mm -hmm. if it's because you know metaphysically speaking we're just tired of the bullshit and we just really want to you know thrust ourselves into a new paradigm or like i said people just not having anything else to do so when they saw that video they were like oh my god like what is going on like this is happening in america and i'm like yeah this has been happening in america like this is not anything new you know so um but yes it's it's traumatizing at first like usually when I see stuff like this I'm like traumatized I'm pissed off usually for the first couple of days and sad you know that yet another person you know has been murdered um but this time you know like I said it's different because people 
other people, not just black people, but other people are actually caring, you know, and they're actually outraged about it. Um, they're taken to the streets about it, you know, going to protests and, you know, really speaking out on their pages about it, stuff like that. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it is. I mean, for me, I also have, I have really, over the last, I'd say since 2017, like, really made a concerted effort not to consume um, materials about Black, the Black struggle, so mm-hmm. to so to speak, um, mm-hmm. whether it be about, you know, our fight or our, our issues with having to deal with racism and discrimination, whether it's about, you know, the economic poverty structure that we have going on in America, whether it's about the violent crime that takes place in many, you know, um, impoverished Black communities, like any of those topics, I just don't, I have stopped reading, watching movies, really even until this happened having a ton of discussion about it mainly for my own mental health not because you know I want to bury my head in the sand or anything but like having to constantly because I spent from the time I'd say I was about 11 11 almost 12 until my mid-30s mid to late 30s consuming this kind of information all the time and it's just really, it takes a toll on your, on your system, on your mental, your mental health, as well as just your ability to go through life and not have a chip on your shoulder, not always be angry, not always be sad, you know, not be depressed, you know, not wondering if, you know, if you're going to be able to create the life that you really want, because I mean, you see all these things all around you and people who look like you and none of them are thriving you know, so for me, and that's something that I've, you know, if you saw on my page, I've been encouraging other Black people to to do that, but a lot of times we feel guilty because we're raised, a lot of us, to, you know, to, in order to be in solidarity, you know what I'm saying, like that, you have to kind of sort of be focused on those kinds of things, and if you're not, people have a tendency to think, oh, you know, you're burying your head in the sand or you're somewhat of a traitor, you know, to other black people because you're not constantly consumed with this kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's almost, I'm just like my understanding, like it's almost like siding with them. Yeah, like, basically yeah. siding with them. If you're like, and even in the spiritual community, Mm-mm. you know, I'm into metaphysics very much so. Um, so even in the spiritual community, there's like this dichotomy between the love and light sort of, you know, type of yeah. dynamic and the other, you know, the deeper, you know, digging into your shadows, um, embodiment kind of thing. And if you're Black, it's kind of like, okay, I believe in metaphysics. You know, I know the laws of the universe say this, Mm-mm. but my current reality is this. Yeah. So how do I, you know, like how do I make both of them true? Kind of thing. 
I'm really curious um, when you said like since 2017 that you've kind of made a purposeful um, decision to distance yourself from a lot of the rhetoric that previously had consumed you. Do you feel different because of that? Or, you know, have you noticed shifts in your life? I'm, I'm just curious. Yes, um, mm. I'm, I feel very different. Um, to be honest, I, have, I wouldn't say that I was one of those people who before was like, you know, constantly, you know, dealing with racial issues, stuff like that. I wasn't, but I feel like my presence always like I always had that aura like I was always on guard I wasn't that open to be honest um to really letting people especially of other races um especially white people frankly in mm -hmm. you know and to actually let them get to know me because I mean you're not supposed to trust white people you can't I, and to be honest I was raised not you know not to trust white people you know um and so kind of taking my focus off of that and and really focusing on my life and the life that I want to create for myself as an individual has really shifted I think my energy and allowed people you know good people the right people to come in you know um and show mm -hmm. me something different and you know it's also allowed me to not I don't really have those kinds of experiences Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't have, I don't deal with, you know, racial discrimination. And, you know, recently, I've moved back to the, to the South. Um, because I, I'm originally from Louisiana, and I was living, you know, I, was, I lived in DC, I lived in New York, I lived in Dubai, like I lived all these different places. And recently, I've come back here. And I sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm back here now. You know, like mm. I'm not, I'm not in DC. I'm not, this is not a metropolitan area. People here aren't as progressive um, in many different ways. It's, you know, it's very much a country type of provisional, uh, provincial type of place. I mean, nice people, great people, but they're not, most of them are not, and especially if they stayed here, are not that progressive on both sides, not just black people. I mean, white people, but also black people. Um, so yeah I mean I think that's how it's affected me it's just it's taken off the the burden of me always constantly being on being on guard because that's kind of what it is like you you constantly are on guard and waiting almost for the next incident to happen yeah. you know like, when is this going to happen again and then the next time it happens you're in, in the same place emotionally at a loss you know, for what to do at first, you know, because you're pissed off and you're sad because you're thinking. And, and the thing is, I think white people don't understand this. It's not necessarily about, it is about the particular person in that incident, but for most black people, it's about our people. It's about the people we care about in our families and you thinking that, oh my God, this could have been my brother or this could have been my husband or this could have been my cousin, you know, or my, or my father or anybody who you just can't imagine losing, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of thing. Because when Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, was murdered, when we finally found out about it, because he died back in February, and nobody really started talking about it until May, um, 
I was so scared because my brother goes jogging all the time. You know, and he's young. He's in his 20s. Um, around the same age as Ahmad Aubrey. And we live, you know, we live in a decent neighborhood. We have a mixed, I, I would say a mixture of, of neighbors. You know, and there's a shopping center like right by our house where, you know, he likes to go running and jogging and stuff. And there's a lot of different types of people that go through the, ch- the shopping center. You know, what if somebody thinks he's a threat, you know, and take it decide to take it into their own hands or they call the cops and you know what happens sometimes when we encounter police so it's it's that for us like it's it's the fact not only that this this black person die but it could have been one of our family members it could have been one of us mm. um you know and even as a black woman you know the focus of the movement is often with black men um but it's really black women die too you know mm. they're all murdered by the police um and unfortunately we don't always get the same people aren't always as up in arms when we die as you know when they die but that's a whole nother dynamic um but yeah like it's, it's that like the possibility that this could happen to you or somebody that you love which which is what is really traumatizing. Fucking hell. Fuck. I don't, I don't even have any words, Tasha. Yeah. <sighs> and that's what I've that's what I've been telling people is having that type of empathy because I think white people don't get it because they haven't had to deal with that but it's that it's being putting yourself in those shoes like imagine Mm. having to tell your husband you know bye and then you don't ever see him again and not because he you know decided to become a police officer you know which is a risky type of career but simply because he was going throughout his life you know and somebody decided that he didn't have the right to live anymore. My God. You know, so like, that that's the that's the thing. Or your son, like if you have kids, or your like I said, or your brother, or your parent, one of your, you know, one of your parents, because they are cost older black people too, you know. I think it's something we can't even really comprehend because we've not been through it I don't know forgive me if 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 this is how I see it like I think that what I see is that a lot of women white women in particular are really up in arms about this like it's like some suddenly something smacked us awake I don't know why it's taken until now and I'm sorry that it has Mm -hmm. but I think it's because we can slightly grasp this sense of oppression you know we've we've had friends who have been um, you know, like domestic abuse and things like that, and women die at the hands of their partners. And I think it's like we can just we can we are we're slight just very slightly closer to it, but nowhere near. But this week, speaking to a lot of my male male white friends, it's like they're like, oh yeah, isn't it terrible? And then move on. Yeah, I don't, I would. I'm curious as to your your kind of perspective on that like what you see particularly in our industry as well because our coaching industry is like this whole other bubble 
where it's really kind of feels like it's kicking off and people yeah. are really starting to wake up. I mean, I'm curious about your, um, your point of view on that. Um, I think that women have a tendency in general to be able to feel a little bit more in- empathy because we are connected more to our emotions. Whereas yeah. men, you know, men kind of, they feel and then they kind of move on, you know, and they feel in the moment and then it doesn't, once they switch to another environment or another conversation, you know, the feelings either go away or they kind of decompartmentalize them like in, into, in another area of their brain, you know, so they're able to kind of just function. Um, because I see that, you know, with, to be honest with black men as well, I mean, they are feeling it. Um, but because men in general are socialized to, like I said, be kind of disconnected from their emotions, they don't, they're not crying and, you know, like it's not the same level of, um, just stick sticking with it you know what i'm saying um yeah. they're kind of like okay well this has been happening you know probably gonna continue to happen and that's it like they feel but it's not the same you know um and i think within the coaching industry i mean i have seen men white men um being visible and vocal about it um but i still think that again, they're able to decompartmentalize their emotions where it's it's not affecting their entire um, business, basically. I mean, really, to be honest, for the last three weeks, I haven't been able to post about anything else. Um, You know, because it's always, it's been on my mind and I, you know, I opened my news feed and all the, most of my, you know, community is, is female. So they're all talking about it, you know, in different ways, you know, trying to unpack their own privilege and or, you know, have, a, have conversations with other people about their experiences, you know, if they're Black and, and experiences w- with racism, um, you know, just some horrible stories like that I've read about, which I, you know, I know because I'm Black that this kind of stuff happens, but just stuff that's just, oh my God. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's it. And then to be fright, quite frank, I mean, black white men are privileged more than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. So they could choose to kind of remove themselves from the situation because I mean, it really doesn't affect them unless unless you know, like I said, they happen to be married to somebody that's black um, or have adopted like a black child. I had a couple of people you know reach out to me because of that because they, you know, they have black children and they are concerned about how to, you know, I guess, prepare them for this, you know, situation. Um, And, you know, what do I tell my child? They're asking about it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But other than that, they don't really, I mean, if they don't want to, they don't have to deal with that. Like, they can remove themselves. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that feels to me as well there's been like a call to arms specifically to white women yeah as well and some of it's been for me very very confronting because yeah. i mean i don't want to go into this in this conversation because it's not fair on you but yeah i've had to really look take a fucking hard look at myself and it's not pretty 
basically <laughs> but that's yeah. not that's not for you to to deal with but um I feel like for that like I think that you know there's a lot of different things issues at play when it comes to you know comes to white women mm. actually facing who they are because first of all white women at least in my experience you know the white women I was I went to a, a, an all-girl school Catholic school for shits from third grade all the way into 12th grade and pretty me much too <laughs> almost all white and yeah. you know white girls frankly are coddled you know what I'm saying like especially if they're you know a middle class upper class you know educated mm -hmm well-bred so to speak they're somewhat coddled so their feelings are always kind of taken into consideration um and i think mm -hmm. that that's a lot of this issue is that you know there's white fragility like you know a white woman has a tough conversation with you know somebody else and her feelings get hurt and that turns into you know like something like i had an experience where and mind you this day i was pissed off because this is when it, this all first jumped off. And I read this post by this white woman, you know, who, I, who was in my community at the time. And it basically, to me, came off as her bypassing, either spiritually bypassing or not wanting to, I guess, admit that, you know, this was horrible. She never once named, you know, George Floyd. She never said anything about him. She never said anything about any particular incident. But she was trying to say basically that, on all sides um that there's loss you know and then everybody is having a hard time with this you Wait, know what <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm like i'm white and i'm like yeah no <laughs> yeah and so i was like um what do you like there's no comparison between losing your life and losing a job or being uncomfortable having to have uncomfortable conversations and then she came back and said oh well my husband is a cop and i fear for his life every day i say yeah you fear for his life because he chose a risky career you don't fear for his life simply because he you know he has a, a certain skin color and he may get killed during the course of his day just because he exists not because you know he's choosing to do something that's risky so yeah. it ended up blowing up and her white male coach who's also an associate was an associate of mine and who i had actually worked with came in you know to kind of defend her you know and say that basically she was trying and i didn't see it as her trying because i read posts where people were trying some of the stuff they said was a little problematic but they i could tell their intentions were good her intentions in my opinion were to kind of basically say that you know it's not as big of a deal because everybody experiences loss you know and mm -hmm. and all sides and i was just like no everybody does not experience the same kind of loss like the loss of life is permanent you can't ever get that person back you know um i said it's because this defensive thing that I, yeah. I feel it inside me as well and i it's disgusting to even admit to but then I, I liken it to you know if a man was ever to turn around to me and be like you know say that someone i knew a woman had died at the hands of a man domestic violence and being like well you know i deal with shit I yeah that's him. what she was saying fucking punch him <laughs> yeah so what, i mean what is this it's like yeah it's uh, I'm so sorry to like, deal with that. Um, I also feel like 
And to be honest, if I had seen the posts now, my reaction may have been different because, I mean, that, that's, that, that day I was just really mad. I was pissed off. Um, and when I read that, I was like, she can't be serious. Like, is she serious? You fuck know? you <laughs> I know that's how I felt like yeah of course I can't believe this woman said this and so it turned into a big thing simply because I hurt her feelings honestly because I wasn't willing to let her cop out and she kept saying oh you know from all sides you know everybody experiences loss and you know this and that she kept saying it over and over and I kept saying no everybody does not experience the same kind of loss you cannot mm. compare the loss of life to somebody losing a job or somebody's a cop's family being uncomfortable or, you know, whatever. You, you can't compare that. Oh, it's just so fucked up when you look at it objectively. It's just really just fucking messed up. And to be honest, I, afterwards, I, I kept, I had since then asked myself, well, maybe Tasha, you overreacted. Did you overreact? You know, because nice. subsequently the white coach, the white male coach went on his page and, you know, um, he posted something about how basically he was trying to tell black people how to approach conversations with white people who are trying, quote unquote, in quotations, um, basically how we should talk to, you know, you guys about race in a way to not offend you. Um, and so I went on his post and I was like, well, I mean, first of all, who are you to tell somebody how, how a black person, how to approach, you know, a conversation with a white person? Like if I'm telling you stuff like, and it's honest and straightforward and you, you get offended, that's not my responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Second of all, you know, there was a couple of women who jumped on the post again, only women, um, you know, to tell him that this was really problematic, you know, and he, you know, stuck to his guns. Really, he was just trying to defend his client. The, the same lady who I had gotten into it with on her post. But he it's just, like, oh, well, it's so unhelpful though. This. Yeah, he was like, oh, well, I just really want y'all to get what you want. But I'm saying, if I have to compromise and like not tell you the truth and kind of put tone police my words in order for you to to mean spoon feed you you know when i'm trying to tell you like who has time and effort for that mm. when it's plain as day like i shouldn't have to explain anything you can you saw the video with your own eyes you saw what happened to that man you know mm. like why do i have to explain to you why this is wrong it's really really fucked up what well, i'm curious about particularly in like our industry um the you know personal development world and stuff like what is the stuff that is perpetuated by white coaches that really pisses you off <laughs> i want to oh, go there <laughs> i will say them i guess pretending quote unquote to be inclusive mm. but they're really not like you mm -mm. think, okay, they have an, inc an inclusive, diverse community, but then you buy their program, you get in their program, and then you find out that it's all bullshit. Because when it comes down to it, it's not a safe space for you to actually express yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, that kind of stuff pisses me off. There being a disparity 
between how white coaches are paid and how black coaches are paid. Um, black people being willing at a certain level to invest in white coaches at a high level. Because I paid thousands of dollars. Yeah. And you not us not seeing the same return, like white people not really being willing to, you know, invest in us at a high level. You know, yeah. like our programs will be the same. I saw a program today and I thought, and you know, I didn't, because it's not my business, reach out to the young lady, but it was like a six week, seven week mastermind. And it was like $500. And the stuff that she was going to put in there is like amazing stuff. And she's, she's, she's a black charging, woman. Yes. She's only charging yeah. $500 for the, the mastermind. But then I know if a white coach was selling the same program, it would have been at least $2,500 plus dollars because I've gotten less for $5,000 plus, you know? Um, and so that kind of silent expectation that our prices will be lower. And part of that is our fault, to be honest, because we're not oftentimes willing to charge enough money um, for, for what we're worth. We're, we're just not willing to do that. But also, well, not, I don't think it's your fault, though, because you are in a, you know, you're in a system where you're constantly being constantly being reminded that you're not enough. Yeah, I know. Um, like, so don't take that on you. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm I always see that. And I'm like, girl, why mm -hmm. are you charging like five hundred dollars and you're doing all this stuff for these people? Why? Why are you doing this? You know, if Susie Q over there had a, the same program, she would charge at least two thousand. Like that the value she was offering was at least two thousand dollars plus. Yeah. So, you know, two thousand dollars per person, you know, compared to five hundred. You know, so it's like she's not going to make as much money, you know, and we often think that we have to work harder than everybody else. We also think that we have to be more qualified than everybody else, because most of the time that's what we're taught that you have to. I mean, I remember, you know, being taught that like you have to be twice as good as them to even be recognized. I mean, I've been in situations yeah. where in the professional world, when I was in Dubai, in fact, I I remember I was the lead speech pathologist on the team. Like I had, I was the only one with a master's degree. I was the only one with, you know, all the credentials. I was the only one there. And I remember the parents, you know, requesting the white therapist over me, who really the white therapist had just graduated from school. Like she started in September and she had graduated in August. Like literally she didn't know what she was doing. You know, but people automatically thought that she knew more than me. And in the coaching industry, it's similar. We automatically think, and it's not just y'all, it's us too. You know, a subconscious thing. We always think, the saying is that the white man's ice is colder. Like we can be selling the exact same thing and people automatically think, okay, well, this white girl over here has expertise. Now she could have just been, has, she could have just started yesterday. Or she could be like 25 you know, and not have a ton of life experience, but I'm in my 40s and I've done all this shit and you assume she knows more because she's white. You know, and that's something mm -hmm. in our industry that is is prevalent. Um, another thing is white women coaches in particular 
wanting to do stuff like, you know, I won't say like handout things to make themselves feel better. Like they'll give scholarships and stuff like that, you know, to buy people of color, um, you know, that kind of thing, but they won't share their platforms. They have a large audience, but they won't invite black women on their podcasts, you know, and in, on, in their summits, you know, to speak and actually, you know, appear as experts. They won't do that, but they'll, you know, give out, placate us, try to placate us by giving us scholarships, which to me is a little, I understand the reason for that, but I think it's insulting for you to automatically assume that a black person can't afford it because I've seen black people spend thousands of dollars on coaching, you know? Yeah, a a lot of you guys are earning a lot more than I am, so (laughs) so that's, yeah, Yeah, like. That's so, really interesting about the platform thing, though. Yeah, because that's, that, that's something. I'm fucking guilty of that. That's like, something that would be important, you know, because mm-mm. then that would mean you that That would mean that you consider me to be an equal. You know what I'm saying? Whereas giving me mm-mm. a scholarship and assuming that financially I can't afford your services and that makes you feel good because, okay, well, you know, I've done this thing for this black person. So now I'm absolved of any kind of, you know, guilt or anything, you know, surrounding whatever, whatever role I'm playing in all of this. That's easier for you to do than for you to actually see me as your colleague and yeah. see me as a person who has the same experience as you and bring me on your platform and expose me to your audience. So then they may buy, you know, a couple of them may buy from me, you know, which is which would really level the playing field more so than a scholarship, to be honest. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And that's one of the things that I was thinking, like, in like coming into our conversation, it's like, fuck, I, because I've just been questioning, like, myself like everything and just thinking like fuck but you know now there's this fear of tokenism and it's but that's not what you're saying you're saying like no fucking bring us on or is that or you saying yeah, i don't know what do you think on. about that and it doesn't and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like you know like they'll do they do have like say the token black you know, mm-hmm. like there's always this one black person that, you know, white people think is they're acceptable enough, you know what I'm saying? Either because, you know, they're educated, they can kind of maneuver, you know, in, in the white world, so to speak, because they've either had to, you know, because of their upbringing or because, you know, they were in corporate America and they learned how to do that. Um, so there's always that token black, you know. Um, yeah. What I'm talking about is a true intentional diversity yeah. from the place of like really wanting you know what i'm saying to be inclusive rather than yeah. it just being something that you can talk about yeah you know? i totally get that and i yeah i'm i'm very guilty of that so it's something that i don't want to rush into but i really want to reflect on because yeah mm-hmm. It's, um, I'm definitely, definitely guilty of that. What is it that you feel needs to happen moving forward, maybe in general, maybe in our industry? Like, what is it that you feel is needed moving forward? 
I think that first of all, there's there needs to be a continuing, ongoing conversation in our industry. Yeah. Um, about diversity and being really inclusive. Um, and I won't say sharing a piece of the pie, but like actually being willing to, like I said, genuinely include in particular black women, um, black mm. and black coaches, not just women, but male coaches as well in, in the conversation. A lot of times we, they don't even talk to us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They don't even ask. I mean, now it's happening because the attention has been brought to it, but you don't even ask me my perspective on anything. It's always assumed that, okay, if, if even if we're there, that our experiences are the same and that our perspective is the same. And if we try mm -hmm. to bring up a different perspective because our experiences are different, you know, um, there's, it's usually met with silence, discomfort, almost like a, a Marie Farlioist reaction where she just oh, yeah. I don't, I don't I know why that. she didn't know what to do and how to handle that but she apparently didn't know what to do and how to handle it and that happens in in coaching programs all the time where black mm -hmm. people are silenced like if we're not you know kumbaya let's all go along with the, the program we get shut down real quick um and I think that has to stop mainly because people are uncomfortable mm -mm. You know, and, you know, one of the things I've been talking about is people really being willing to become uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. You're a fucking leader. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're a transformational coach or healer, you know, and our spiritual leader. You, you should be okay with being uncomfortable because that's the only way that transformation happens. It's not going to happen in your comfort zone. And we all know this. So get uncomfortable if you really want this to change. You know, um, risk getting your feelings hurt. I mean, you'll get over it. I promise you, you will get over your feelings. Because I've been in my feelings and I was still able to show up. Because, you know, one of the things, one of the questions I asked on my page last week was, okay, I get, you know, white people feel uncomfortable oftentimes talking about race. But, like, that's all y'all have to do is talk about it. And take certain actions. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with this. Like, you don't have to think, okay, shit, this could be my, my brother or my, my husband or my uncle or somebody I just really love and couldn't do without. That's the least you could do is be uncomfortable, a little bit uncomfortable and, you know, have discussions, confront your own biases, do the work because this is what you're supposed to be doing anyway. And that's why I say particularly with transformational leaders um, it's important because this is the work that we are supposed to be doing anyway. And I think mm -hmm. this, is, this phenomenon has also uncovered that a lot of people are talking to talk, but they're not walking the walk. You know, like they're, they're saying, you know, talking about embodiment, talking about, you know, um, doing shadow work and all this stuff, but really they're actually not like not just in this area but in other areas too and i think yeah. bringing a, bringing a lot of that to the surface you know yeah i i definitely i definitely see that i think it's i was listening to a podcast um the other day called uh, that's not how that works which is a really good podcast and yeah basically she was saying like, it's the same as like money mindset. Like 
you work on your money mindset like all the time when you're in business like also work on your fucking racist mindset and that really landed for me I was like oh yeah but I think the difference is like you said at the beginning like we have the luxury of being able to tune out if we want to because it doesn't affect our lives and that's like that's why people that I mean that is the fucking definition of privilege isn't it really and it's uh, yeah it's mm. like I I don't know like for, for me I've just been really um just really like anchoring into why this is important and I just keep coming back to like I cannot be a feminine empowerment coach or whatever if I'm ignoring the struggles of of people from different backgrounds to me it's like it's fucking as simple as that but I have a lot to learn <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I mean and the one thing the things that I've been saying to white women who really you know who really have you know want to to do the work is like it's it's a journey like everything mm-hmm. else I mean think about your spiritual awakening you know, and how even to this day, with all the stuff you know, with all the practices you have, you, it's still a journey. You're still moving along. So it's the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of this is subconscious programming. We're subconsciously programmed to, to believe certain things about race, depending on a, where, you know, what a person looks like and whatever. And those are biases that, you know, you have to do the same work. Like, just like you have to kind of uncover all your other limiting team reliefs and biases and then do the work to kind of remove them is the same thing with this so yeah. i don't know you know I, what i mean is like don't be too hard on yourself you know be gentle and like you would with anything else like this yeah. is, is a process that's going to take some time and that's the thing that i'm concerned about is that people are expecting like oh my god i read a couple of books and now you know i'm cured no like this is a process Yes. You know, um, so are you willing to kind of, you know, dig in for the long haul and actually really make a long-term transformation? Or is this something that, you know, once the fad passes, once people aren't talking about it as much anymore, um, are you going to just forget about it and go back to what you know? Which yeah. is really the easiest thing to do. I mean, that's always the easiest thing to kind of you know, just go back to living life the way you, and you weren't super happy, but I mean, at least you knew what the end result probably was going to be, you know what I'm saying? Whereas this is uncomfortable work. You don't know where this is going to take you. So yeah, and then there are going to be many people that will go back into comfort zone. Oh, more than likely. Yeah. Now they're going to be a lot of people, I think, but I think they're going to be some people who this will this will make an impact. Um, yeah. And it will change the way that they do business. Um, I feel that very much so. And I'm, I know I run the risk of it's, you know, just like jumping on the bandwagon and trying to make myself out to be a good person and all of that shit. And I know that's there, but, but right now in this moment, I feel so fucking genuine that I'm like, the way I see the world is forever changed. The way I see women's work is forever changed. And yeah, that's, I, I mean, I say this to you, like, it's my commitment. Yeah. Um, 
and I, it's uh, it sounds so fucking hollow though I know it sounds hollow um but yeah it's like I don't know I I, I guess I just can't believe that it's taken so fucking long like there's that it's like where the hell I mean I guess it's like it's socialization and it's not an excuse but it's like how has it taken the world so long to really and me like I take responsibility how has it taken so fucking long mm. but maybe that's a question for another day <laughs> yeah I mean I think that that's part of the reason why racism continues it it is because of this because white people you know like have been allowed to basically bury their head in the sand mm. and y'all are a part of the conversation it's not yeah. enough just for us to speak out against racism like you have to be doing the work in your own communities in your own families like we don't necessarily always have access to y'all like that you know what i'm saying so yeah. you have to you know do y'all have to to take up that part of the situation mm. um and i'm actually i'm actually hosting a, a workshop next week about that like i'm partnering with one of my colleagues and friends and we're going to do a workshop about um empowered allyship and like how white and non-black people of color coaches and um healers and spiritual leaders can actually really take the steps to implement some long-term um things you know in their in their business and in their lives and they actually really want to be allies and carry this forward beyond the point of whenever it's popular to talk about um and my piece is going to be you know what i do is leadership marketing human design um, so really help people show up more powerfully in their leadership and, and when things like this happen, not to be so thrown off that they can't, like it throws them off their game, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then she has a history um, of activism and social justice work. So, and, and um, is also a coach. So, um, they'll be bringing you know their their expertise in that area that so. sound you sound like a formidable force um can i sign up <laughs> um, yeah. and also maybe i can share the details of my community yeah 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 absolutely okay. and it should be it sh fucking yeah. should be <laughs> um, and i can sh i can share the details of my community as well because that sounds oh it's just what it's just what the world needs it's what i know yeah. it's what i need yeah, and that's that's when we, because we came together and we were like, okay, we were having conversations, you know, about what's been going on, and, you know, we were like, okay, well, we want to do something together, and I was asking, um, I was asking them, okay, well, do you want to do something, you know, geared towards black people or white people, because, I mean, we have different issues in this situation and mm -mm. you know they were like oh well you know i want to let's do something for white people because um they've been having a lot of people coming to them about that too you know like oh you know how do i 
show up now? Like, what do I say? I don't want to be bullied. I don't want to be jumped on, you know, this kind of thing. I want to actually, you know, incorporate this work in my business and not just have this be a fad thing that I forget about next week. You know, that kind of when everything quote unquote goes back to normal. Um, yeah. You know, so that's what we came up with. Like I can come, I can bring my expertise in showing up messaging. I mean, to be honest, like during this time, I've been more visible. I was always visible anyway, but I mean, I'm really visible because I've talked about things, you know, from my heart. I've been vulnerable. I've told people, you know, how I feel and what it, it really, what this really means for me, you know? So it's like, if you mm -hmm. can show up from that place, even in difficult times, then people will seek out, you know, your voice because you're, you're showing up as a leader and, you know, she's bringing in the piece of, you know, allyship and how you can actually take action moving forward. So. That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, I can share that with my audience. I can pop it. If, if we do decide to put this on the podcast, um, depending on you, then I can, if you've got a sales page or just a link to it or whatever, then I can share it. Cause I, you know, I, I definitely want to come as well. Yeah. I can, I can send you the link to the sales. Page. Perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. And That's amazing. There, you know, there's, there's the link. Yeah. Perfect. That sounds amazing. And, and, you know, this is, I think for a lot of people as well, these types Wait, of workshops. Breaking up. Oh, can you hear me now? Am I back? Yeah. Are you back? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> like, am I, am I back? <laughs> um, I was just saying that like these kind of workshops, I think will create a lot of healing and relief um, because there is this sense of fuck, like I want to help, but what do I do to make sure I don't make it worse? You know? Yeah. Did you hear that? I'm just, I, yeah, I heard a little, and you said you, the, those types of workshops will provide healing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that, uh, yeah, people just like, there is this general feeling of like, not like suddenly coming to terms with how we like how, you know, we perpetuate pain and just mm -hmm. not wanting to make it worse. Like, I know that I've been feeling that a lot. It's like, oh, fuck, all these unconscious biases. And I, like, want to continue doing the yeah. work. And so you providing that space for people just to have that conversation, mm -hmm. I think is so important and, like, really needed. So thank you. Okay. I mean, that's why I did it. Because I, I feel like it's, I feel like, you know, like, white, white people and other non-black people can be allies you know like mm -hmm. for real real not and but not from a place of you know I see a lot of like people trying to uh either because they're guilty they feel guilty or they're ashamed you know or they're trying to be you know the white savior type of thing yeah. and like those are not the that that's not the place to come from it's more yeah. like we are looking for partnership yes you know um yeah. that's come from a place of empathy you know um rather than yeah. sympathy like we don't need your pity 
You know what I'm saying? Because we're powerful. We're doing our thing. We just need you to help, you know? And this is for all of us. This is beneficial for all of us to have a society where everybody can be free, you know, for real. Not just, you know, in the words, when people saying this is the land of the free, but it actually be free for everyone. So... Yeah, I, f I fucking love that. Like the phrase that comes to my mind is like, stay in your fucking lane, <laughs> yeah. but link up with your sisters, you know? And um, I keep saying yeah. that to myself as well. Like, stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> because there is this tendency, like yeah. I don't know where it comes from, to want to jump in and save the world. Like I fucking bl blame, you know, Braveheart Mel Gibson type movies. I don't know what it is, but like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, fuck yeah. off. Stay in your lane. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, thank you so much for sharing this with me. And I know that this conversation will, um, you know, when it's shared, will ripple out. And um, yeah, just thank you as well, because I know that this is not easy stuff to talk about. Yeah. It is. But it's <laughs> necessary. Mm -mm. Yeah, it is. And thank you for trusting me as well to, to, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah, you know, I, I hope you can feel my heart. Hi, Limitless community. Thank you so much for listening to Limitless with Dr. Sarah Coxon. If this episode spoke to your soul and you'd love to pay it forward and help me get this podcast in the hands of other amazing women, then please hit subscribe and leave a review. And you can also screenshot and share on your Instagram stories. Tag me at Dr. Sarah Coxon and I'll also give you a shout out. And if a particular part of this podcast resonated with you, then please DM me and let me know. Thank you for listening to Limitless with Dr. Sarah Coxon. Yeah.